Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG.
Wesley awoke to the din of dripping water and the echoes of scuttling creatures. After Salvatore's close call, the troops stayed up until Riva volunteered to monitor the camp the rest of the night. He remembered it being hard to sleep, not knowing whether it was day or night or how many hours had passed since they entered the cave. But his circadian rhythm managed to pull through, and he eventually found slumber. When he opened his tent, he found Vorin and Riva packing up some of the equipment and dashing the remains of the last night's campfire. Moffat and Salvatore must have still been in their tents. Wesley felt terrible for laughing at Sal. It was one of those moments when you knew you weren't supposed to laugh, but the impulse to do so somehow overcame every lesson of etiquette you had ever learned. The truth was, he was afraid for Sal. Last night's events demonstrated how vulnerable he was. The man's rifle hadn't done anything to the thing except maybe irritate it. So, it was incumbent upon Wesley and the rest of the group to take special care of Salvatore and ensure he survived. Ah, how touching. You want to protect the dead weight that's been holding you all down. You know it's only a matter of time before he gets killed, right? Or have you deluded yourself so much as to think he'll make it home to that sister of his? You should have let that beast take him last night and gotten it over with. What does your kind say? Just rip the band-aid off? <laughs> is there possibly any part of you that isn't a piece of shit? Cell hasn't done anything to raise your ire. Why wish for his death? Why laugh at his misfortune? Whatever world or, I don't know, universe you come from must have been the worst group of assholes the cosmos has ever seen. Oh, did I hurt your sensibilities by telling you the truth? To be honest, out of a lot of you, I find Sal the least detestable. But I'm a creature bound by the realities of this little thing we call existence. And I know a dead man walking when I see one. He'll keep getting into binds, and you and those fools you travel with will keep trying to keep him alive. Wesley, Salvatore is like a baby seal in shark-infested waters. He's bound to get eaten no matter how much you shoo away the sharks. You don't let someone die because they're defenseless. That's not what being human is. And that is why your apish little race is doomed to perish. You let those faulty little hearts of yours guide you instead of your brains. The weak are fodder. They are meant to live a life on their knees or lie dead in the dirt. That is their function. That is their fate. Wesley ignored the voice and walked over to Salvatore's tent, where he could see the shadow of the man busy packing up his things inside. Hey, uh, Sal, can I come in for a second? Sure, come on in. Wesley unzipped the front of the tent and entered. Salvatore had his things all bundled up and was reloading a cartridge for his rifle. <laughs> a lot of good this'll do me, right? There was a sadness in his voice. A bleak resolve that Wesley had difficulty hearing. He knew what he was thinking, exactly what the voice had said. But Wesley would be damned if that goddamn thing in his head was right. I, uh, I just wanted to apologize for laughing last night. It, um, it was wrong. Um, what happened was horrible. I, I, I don't know what came over me. I guess I was just nervous as all. Salvatore shrugged it off. 
It's all right. Uh, my cousin once went flying through a window, and uh, his whole wrist was cut up, bleeding all over the fucking place. Then, for some reason, all I could do was laugh. I mean, I, I mean, I couldn't stop. I couldn't tell you why to this day. Wesley noticed Sal avoided eye contact, as if looking at him might lose something he was trying to keep contained. You know, y- you're gonna make it back, Sal. I'll... Will, make sure you get back to your sister. Salvatore looked down, and Wesley could almost see the mountain of guilt resting upon his shoulders. I... I never should have left, you know? I... I just wanted to help my sister and Anne out, help them get back to some kind of normalcy, and be able to make ends meet. We were both the most important things in each other's lives, and I should have listened to her. I... I should have just stayed put. I'm... I'm no soldier. I'm just a foul-mouthed guy with dreams of becoming something more than a grease monkey. Or a grunt, as the case may be. You've shown more bravery than anyone I've ever seen, Sal. You don't have any powers, yet you fight these things with everything you've got. You don't give up and you don't give in. That's... that's more than I can say about me or... (laughs) most people. While you came here to help your family, a, a noble cause, I came to give up on life. Sal, I'm, I'm not half the man you are. Remember that. You'll make it through this, I promise. Salvatore just nodded, an obligatory grin crossing his face to make Wesley believe he'd made an impact. Thanks, Weiss. I, uh, I appreciate that. Wesley just nodded and let the man alone. Exiting the tent, he was surprised to see Riva waiting outside, Vorin close by. The three moved a few yards off, their voices low. Riva wants to know if everything is alright with Sale. I'll be honest, uh, this last debacle has him shaken. He, he doesn't think he'll make it through all this. Wesley watched Riva's face punch up as if he were mad that Sal would think such a thing. In fact, he was so upset that he barged into Salvatore's tent uninvited. What's that all about? River is a man who was hard to impress, but back there in Misereth, when Sal was willing to put his all-too-human life on the line for the likes of me, you, and Moffat, he gained great respect for the man. I suppose you might say River's found a little mentee in our Salvatore, and refuses to let the man put himself down. Didn't know River was so sentimental. He just, you know, always seemed so stoic. His station often requires him to be. But there's a lot you don't know about him. Hell, there's a lot I don't know about him. And we've been partners for years. He holds things close to the chest. The Mousers don't live the cheeriest of lives. In fact, I think we're the closest Rivers ever had to family. Foreign statements made Wesley feel even worse for the Mouser, whose cursed life couldn't have been easy. Though, not purposely, Wesley often considered Riva a weapon something they used when events got out of hand. It was a shitty perspective, and he would make more of a concerted effort to talk to the man and get to know him. A few minutes later, Riva exited the tent with Sal, who seemed more upbeat. Wesley was glad to see it, knowing that Salvatore had some hope left in him lifted his own spirits, a sort of symbiotic empathy. 
When Moffat finally came out with his backpack and lantern, he quickly disassembled his tent. Wesley was surprised by the fluidity with which he did it. He imagined Moffat at tea parties and lofty get-togethers with aristocrats and politicians. But the speed and acumen with which he handled himself spoke to something different, a man experienced in the field. Indeed, he worked hard to cover it up, his snobbery leading one to believe he would never stoop so low as to perform manual labor. But beneath the man's haughty veneer was something else. Wesley just wasn't sure what exactly that was. When the camp was finally packed up, the group continued through the caves. Wesley noticed Sal was up front with Riva, the two vigorously signing to one another. Moffat and Vorn were careful to light up the walls and ceiling, which, like before, only alighted upon the ghost of a presence. The chittering of the centipede monstrosities echoed throughout the cavern, following them but never encroaching. More of those iridescent flowers came into view, hanging from the ceiling and walls, their petals subtly moving for the behemoth carnivorous things wriggling within. They were careful to keep their distance from them. As the party went on, Wesley began to notice the architecture hewn into the cave walls become more widespread. There were now temple-like structures coming up from the rocky sediment, monolithic pillars that rose from the various chasms and jutted into the ceiling, strange ornate writing etched into their basaltic skin. It seemed like they were reaching the edge of a city of some sort, not just the rough-hewn structures of some primitive race. Still, there was no sign of life except the clamoring of thousands of legs clicking on the ceiling and walls, always just a bit faster than the group's flashlights could capture. Worryingly, the sounds were becoming more numerous and frequent, and, at one point, the chitinous clatter of large insectoids was all around them. Oh, fuck! Here we go again! Keep your guard up. I can't be sure, but they seem to be coordinating. Strange behavior for centipedes, if that's even what they are. They're usually solitary hunters, not group feeders. Well, as someone who's been up close and personal with the things, they don't seem like your average house centipede. You know what I'm saying? More emerged from the cracks and fissures of the cave walls and ceiling, crowding the place in a flood of legs, pincers, and thrashing teeth. Riva removed his mask, his mouth dripping a viscous, foul liquid that burned through the stone floor. The male kept Sal behind him, protecting him from any fallout from his forthcoming maledictions. Yet, just as he opened his mouth to spew Hal's words, something strange happened. From the hollows decorating the cave's rocky surface, giant, fleshy appendages jutted out. They were of varying size and shape, but all lethal in nature. Some were huge, multi-digited hands that grabbed handfuls of their arthropodic things and crushed them, their insides spilling loudly upon the rock slabs below. Others were spike-like in appearance, skewering the giant insects, impaling them, or severing their chitinous bodies in half. Still others formed blunt hammer-like limbs that pounded the things into oblivion, staining the craggy walls with the creature's innards and shattered exoskeletons. While the group watched in awe for a second time, Wesley noticed something strange about the killing appendages. They were translucent. He could see bioluminescent organelles pumping inside. 
The things seemed capable of hardening their exterior, despite their flesh seeming paper thin. As the onslaught continued, the arthropodal menaces began to retreat back into the black recesses of their stone homes, the clicking of their legs fading into the distance until they were only the faintest of echoes. Oh, Jesus. Not gonna complain, but uh, what the fuck was that? Suddenly, as if the hollows of the cave had become mouths, a voice sounded from all around. I imagine you are a bit confused, Outworlders. But rest assured, we mean you no harm. That is not to say we are harmless, as you can see. Usually, the vermin know not to come this far. But it seems you were too delectable a meal to pass up. So come, and we shall have words. It's been a long time since we've been able to have a conversation. Well, I've no idea what was just said. So, as our resident translator, would you mind interpreting Dr. Morgan? Uh, the thing, or things, said they have no intention of hurting us and that we should talk. Also, they called us Outworlders, so they know we're not from Grimlands somehow. Yeah, well, those diseased fucks wanted to talk too, and look where that got us. Based on what we just saw, I don't think we have much of a choice, Sal. Wesley's right. We're a bit caught between a rock and a hard place. No pun intended. They all looked at each other in agreement and moved forward into the caves. This time, the chatter of arthropodal horrors was absent, the echo of dripping water and the whisper of a chilly breeze their only company. As they went, they noticed the terrain change. Strange translucent umbilici lined the walls and ceiling like a network of electrical wires at a power station. Wesley saw glowing viscera inside them, which occasionally pulsated with electric light. He presumed it was some form of bioelectric conduction, not dissimilar from gap junctions and glial cells, except on a more macroscopic level. He could hear the sound of massive things slithering through the crags and fissures of the walls, the song of eldritch things echoing throughout hollow spaces, mammoth cylindrical things that tapered at the top, like giant fleshy teepees, punctuated the expanse of rock and stalagmites. They seemed made from the same gelatinous substance as the tendrils running across the cave walls and ceiling. They, too, contained bizarre organs that seemed to float in some alien viscous fluid. Finally, something behemoth-shifting assaulted their ears, causing pebbles to rain down from the ceiling, a melody of stone against rock resounding throughout the empty subterranean space. Oh, Jesus! What the fuck is this place? It's like a... I feel like I'm in an Aliens movie with all this H.R. Geiger-looking shit. Just stay calm. Panicking will get us nowhere. Muffet, if there's anything you're holding back, now would be a good time to bring us up to date. I'm afraid I'm as in the dark as you are, my inky friend. The place was a city of sorts. Bizarre fleshy structures punctuating the rocky landscape. Membranous tunnels connecting some of the alien things. Tubers ran from one building to the next as if the whole thing were part of some complex neural network. Wesley couldn't help but think of mycelium and other complex fruiting bodies. But these things weren't fungal in origin, not as far as he could tell. The things resembled the translucent creatures inhabiting the ocean's trenches, where many animals are transparent, presumably for camouflage. Yet he had never seen a land creature display such qualities. The biologist in him was intrigued, but the human in him was petrified. 
Once they reached a denser part of the city, where cyclopean structures jutted into the dark above, and those strange conical things were in large number, the voice came again. That'll be far enough. How like you are abode. I'm sure it's quite alien to you, perhaps even terrifying, but it is our only reminder of home. Like you, we are not from around here. So we've had to make do with the accommodations these accursed lands have afforded us. That being said, we are far from helpless. But you, you seem to have caused quite a stir in the surface world. The acolytes of the Prince of Snakes chasing you, the Erethim's children snapping at your heels. We wonder what the infatuation is. Wesley, the only one who could understand the ominous voice, replied, I... I honestly don't know. We only recently discovered that the Prince of Snakes or his servants were chasing us. <laughs> Poor little ignorant creatures, traipsing along without thought, without knowledge of consequence. Normally we would subsume and dissolve your frail shells into our great mass, but we believe diplomacy may be the best way forward, given our potential mutual interests. Wesley, understanding the subtle threat, spoke sternly. And what mutual interests might that be? That, my little friend, is something we should speak about. The cave suddenly shook like a massive worm was turning beneath the earth. The stone whined as if screaming from its strain to accommodate whatever burdened its rocky mass. The sound of something wet could be heard all around them, as if whatever it was moving occupied the entirety of the cavern slithering out from every hollow the grotto had to offer. Finally, something awful began to pour itself from the massive hole in the stalactite-ridden ceiling. It partook of nothing Wesley had ever seen. It was giant and amorphous, a thing of writhing translucent skin, bioluminescent organs floating in a milieu of foreign substances. Glowing vasculature crisscrossed the thing as if it were a living map, all pulsating in a single harmonic rhythm. Tendrils of titanic scope cushioned its approach to the rocky floor, crawling outward like the sprawl of a beach squid. It began to cohere, forming limbs resembling arms, tentacles, and legs, both human and inhuman. Its top became crowned with what looked like multiple heads, hundreds of eyes rising into existence, focusing on the embattled truth. Something like mouths appeared across its collective faces, spreading into wide, sinister grins. As the thing cast its mammoth shadow across Wesley and his peers, it finished its sentence. Face to face. Grimland is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Stephen Anslone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about Grimland and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about Grimland and the world of Maltopia, visit us at maltopia.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 